starting a new series this week. Seems like I say that a lot. (laughs) I just follow the Spirit's leading, and I've been wanting to do a series uh, sort of focused on this kind of 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 a topic for a while now. And I've just been waiting and, and waiting on the Lord to direct and to guide and say, Lord, I'm ready when you are. And uh, the, the, the series is going to be called Battle Ready. And there's a podcast that I listen to of the same name. And there's all, all sorts of things that have been said in the past uh, about Battle Ready. And um, this comes from really my reading of the book of Ephesians. And when it, when it gets to talking about um, the whole armor of God in Ephesians and why we put that on, it's because, well, the Word tells us our struggle is not against flesh and blood. I, I, I'm just going to pause here for a second. This isn't in my notes. This is a bonus. <laughs> Something preachers say. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Can somebody say amen this morning? Let's see how many of those I can get in in this message of the things that preachers say. I, I shared a video with some friends and it's pretty funny stuff as we say some things, right? God is good. <laughs> and all the time. Somebody keep a tally for me. How many of them I'm getting in? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just joking with you. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, amen? amen? Right. Your problem is not with the person sitting next to you. Don't elbow anybody. Your problem is not with your neighbor. Your problem is not with the guy across the street. Your problem is not with the guy that crosses the property lines in your backyard. Your problem is not with the person at work that gives you the most grief. Your problem is not with family members. Your struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not. So quit acting like it. But it is against the rulers and authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Really. If you've got a problem, if you've got something that you just can't shake, somebody's really, just get, your struggle is not with them. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Oftentimes the Lord will change that situation or he'll change you. I'm excited to talk to you this morning about being battle ready and how we fight our battles as people of faith. Anybody in this room, and, and this you don't have to raise your hands, but I expect a few of you will. Anybody in this room ever been in a fight? You ever been in a fight? Like a physical fight? I mean, when you were a kid or last week. <laughs> You've been in a fight, right? It's a fight. You know how it goes when you were a kid. I remember, you know, being around some fights when I was a kid. And, and uh, you know how it goes. Everybody gathers around, right? Especially in the, in the schoolyard or on the hallways. Some of you teachers out here, you get it. And you see it happen, you know. Everybody, fight, 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 fight. Everybody, right? In the cafeterias or somewhere where there's large gatherings of kids. And, and they just start throwing down, right? Some kids are going at it. The worst fights are the girls, my goodness, right? Everybody's shaking their head. They're the worst. I've seen some fellas fight it out, and they get all busted up, and when it's done, it's done. Man, them, them girls, when they go, man. But people just start throwing punches, and I remember even seeing some as a kid in high school, and, and, and there was a lot of tension sometimes in the high school, and you kind of, who remembers the, the movie that was around in the 80s called Three O'Clock High? Anybody remember that? No, just me. All right, just me. 
Just me. Three o'clock high was about this guy that was going to take out this little dorky guy, this big tough guy. And it was at three o'clock. And the clock would tick and they would show the clock. Click. Click. Three o'clock, it was happening. Fight, fight, fight. And everybody would get around and people would start punching. And then kind of things sometimes get a little out of hand. And, and people that weren't even fighting are fighting. And now there's fights going on over here. And I remember seeing some kid. We, of course, and it's like a train wreck, right? You got to slow down and see what's going on, right? So you got to kind of come to the fight and see what, what's happening here. Who's fighting? And you, uh, you kind of get into it. And you get into this fight. And, and I remember this kid standing next to me. We were just kind of going up next to him and seeing what the fight is. He gets cold cocked out of nowhere. Bam! That's that. Like, he wasn't, we're just so, so, and you know, you just kind of, then, and then the, and then the teachers come, right? And then everybody's like, I, I didn't see a fight, I don't even, I don't, fight, what fight? <laughs> Nobody was fighting. But he was just standing there, and he got, I mean, bam, and he goes down just by being around it. And it could be a lot like life, can it? You're just walking along in life. You're just walking along. Things are going okay. Things are humming along. Everything's going all right. And then you get hit so hard, you get knocked down. You didn't ask for any of that. You don't know where it came from. You're just minding your own business. And in this last year, right, in in 2019, we're just like, hey, cool. Next thing you know, pandemic hits. We didn't ask for that. You're just minding your own business, right? Minding your own business is something happens to you in life. You going to be ready for that? Something happens to you. You're just minding your own business, walking, doing life, and then you find out that the person you're in a relationship says, oh, you know what? I want out. Cold cocked. You drop. Your knees go out. What, what just happened? Minding your own business is suddenly they want out. Minding your own business, and then suddenly you get a diagnosis that you were not expecting. You're just walking along in life, doing life, right? Dinner with family, fun with friends. You go to the doctor for something routine, and then, oh, whoa, I didn't see that coming. You just get kind of cold cocked. I heard it put this way in a song lyric. I was still dancing when the music stopped. I didn't realize this was going to end. And it knocks you flat on your face. Some of you, you're in a work situation, you're in, you're in an unemployment situation, you're in kind of a, maybe you're moving or relocating kind of situation. You feel like you've just been sort of knocked down on your face. You're in a real battle. You're in a real battle. You're in a fight. And some of us right now are so exhausted from the fight. We've been fighting, fighting for our family, fighting for our financial future, fighting, trying to figure things out, trying to move forward in the midst of a a crazy economic time. And we've been trying to navigate all the complexities that are coming against us. And we're just flat exhausted from the fight. We're worn out. Challenges are real. Things are happening around us. The mental health challenge is huge and it's real in our world. Some of you have been fighting against all kinds of things. Discrimination, fighting against how people see at you, see you, and fighting against how people will look at you and why you even care, why you think that people even look at you. And, and you can't even imagine how exhausting this is. You've been in a fight. You're tired of the fight. But I've got good news for you this morning. 
Good news for all of us. And that is this morning that you do not, as a person of faith, you don't have to fight the battle alone. As a person of faith, you don't win the victory alone. God will work in you, he will work through you, and he will fight the battle for you. The battle is the Lord's. It's the Lord's battle and he will fight for his people. Sometimes we get so worn out and exhausted because we are owning too much responsibility, really, for a battle that isn't really even ours to fight. We get so exhausted because we're trying to carry this burden and this weight that's, that's way bigger than we were ever meant to carry. That's why we get exhausted. We've got to learn how to let God fight the battle for us and how to make ourselves battle ready when the battle comes. We've got to learn how to partner with God to fight these battles. If you have your Bibles or your apps, it'll be on the screen. If you don't, Second Chronicles we're going to be in. A little Old Testament teaching this morning. Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 15. That's in the Old Testament. I won't look at your judge if you're looking in the table of contents. I get it. Not everybody goes to Second Chronicles in their devotional life every day. <laughs> Second Chronicles chapter 20. And I'm going to have it on the screen. And when we get to the red word, remember like we did last week, we're going to say it together. I'll read it and then we get to the red word, we're going to say it together. That makes sure everybody is well last week, like I said, awake. <laughs> Here we go. It says, this is what the Lord says to you. This is why he says what he says. He says, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid. This is for somebody today. This is a word for somebody this morning. This is why somebody in this room or somebody joining us online got out of bed and came to church this morning. That's why you're joining us here this morning or watching online. It says, the Lord says, do not be afraid or discouraged Because of this vast army. Some translation says this mighty army. They were obviously facing a mighty army. It says do not be discouraged for the what? Battle is not yours. Turn to the person next to you, look at him and say, The battle is not yours, but God's. The battle is not yours, but God's. This is a word for somebody today in the room. You're fighting with everything that you've got. You're using all of your energy and all of your strength and you're carrying it. You're carrying the weight of the financial pressure that's on your family. You're you're carrying the weight of generations on your back. You're carrying the weight of all kinds of things and God reminds us in his word that the battle is his. That's God's word. The battle is not yours. It's not yours to fight. It's not yours to own. It's his. We've got to turn it over to him. And surrender to him. And walk in him. And he will bring the victory. And so the battle is God's. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at how we fight our battles. And how we can be battle ready. As the people of faith. As people of faith. As Jesus followers. And today we're going to talk about one one way that we can be prepared, that we can be battle ready, and that is prayer. 
Over the next couple weeks, we're going to talk about all these tools that God gives us to fight our battles. He gives us his word. He gives us praise. He gives us worship. He gives us all these things that we're probably going to talk about, unless the Spirit says talk about something else. But today we're going to help, we're going to help, I'm going to help you see how God prepares us for battle through this thing called prayer. And God can bring blessings in your battle. Did you know that? We need to learn how to be battle ready. And the thing about God, when you look through the Bible, is God rarely takes his people out of the battles. He rarely does that. But, and, and if you've ever thought like, man, if I'm a person of faith, I, I should, life should just be easier, shouldn't it? I mean, if I'm a person of faith... Uh, I shouldn't even really have these battles in my life. I should be like, you know, kicking it on the beach with my feet up, you know, just chilling like, you know, especially on Sunday morning. It might be easy Sunday morning. Who's singing the song in their head right now? Another Lionel Richie fan this morning. But, but if I'm a person of faith, why do I even go through these battles? I mean, shouldn't it just be like easy Sunday morning? Let's like chilling out. Shouldn't it be like, oh, you know what? This is all good. God's just got me and a ha. Oh. But it's battle after battle after battle. And then you go to the Bible and you realize that God rarely takes his people out of the battle. He rarely does. But what he does do is in the battle, he gives us his presence. He gives us his purpose. He brings his victory for his glory in the battle. And so he works in the battle. So just because you might be in a fight right now or in a battle, it doesn't mean that God doesn't love you or that you've done something wrong. I, I rebuke that false teaching right out of this place, that you're suffering because of something that you've done wrong. It's not what God does, not how he works. All it means is that you're human and you're right where God wants you to be. He rarely takes his people out of the battle, but he brings the victory in the battle. And he can bring the blessing in the battle. So when it comes to prayer, when you pray, this is real easy. It's, it's like a rhyme. It's like, I, like I've been gifted with the, the gift of rhyme all of a sudden. Not really. When you pray, God makes a way. Somebody give me a beat. No. When you pray, God makes a way. And here's what I mean by that. He'll make a way in your situation. And, and, and some of you are pray, praying for that right now. God, help me provide for my family. Help me find a job. Help me move forward. Help me get the bills paid. Help me deal with these relationships. Help me with this burden, Lord. I'm carrying around generations on my back and people that I know were raised in church and should be saved and I know where they need to be. And God, this burden's on me. I need you, God, you to move in this situation. God, help my kids. Help me survive parenting teenagers. And somebody said, hello, somebody, right? I need a miracle here, God. But it's crucial to even... And, and take this point with you. Even if he doesn't make a way in your situation, he can make a way in your own heart. And sometimes he doesn't change the situation. Sometimes he changes you. You need to be pliable and moldable and, and open to that. Don't be so hard and stuck in your ways and thinking, God, you've got to change this situation. Maybe if it's been a while and you're a Jesus follower and you've been praying, maybe he's trying to change you. Your circumstance may not change, but you will change. And then how you view that circumstance changes, and how you walk in the situation with God's grace changes. Either, either way, you win. 
So when you pray, God makes a way. How do we fight our battles with prayer? My first thought is this. We need to unlock your unfair advantage. Unlock your unfair advantage. It's not fair. Turn to the person that you didn't turn to next time that was not it's your second favorite and tell them it's not fair. It's not fair. Put it in the chat down below in the comments. It's not fair. How many thousands of times have you heard that statement in your life? It's not fair. You hear it as an adult, but you hear it maybe more as a parent. (laughs) Right? Your kids roll in. (laughs) They're like, hey, she got more chocolate than me in her Easter basket. That's not fair. I see some conversations going on in this church this morning. Right? Or it's like a neighbor kid. Well, they got a dog and we only have one dog. We need to have two dogs. We need to have this. It's just not fair. You know, at school, you know, boy, their parents, they don't take away their technology at a certain time. They can have it any time they want. And that's just not fair. And so on and so on, right? It's just not fair. I remember when the, the pandemic really ramped up and really hit hard last year and and we couldn't meet inside the building in a safe way so at that moment I was like what are we going to do God what are we going to do God this doesn't seem like fair this doesn't seem like we're rolling this is good things are happening in this ministry things are classes are going on and people are meeting and people are jiving it's all going well and then all of a sudden it's like well and in a moment I was like wait a second oh no what are we going to do we take it to the Lord and we pray and we say, Lord, what are we going to do? We meet together as a leadership team in this place and we say, Lord, what are we going to do? How do you guide? How do you provide? What are you going to show us? We prayed and we sought God's direction. And when you pray, things change. And we sought God's divine direction in that moment of prayer. God unlocked in, in me, in us as a group, an unfair advantage that we have in this world. Because when businesses panicked and other churches even panicked and I realized that God had already prepared the way. We were already live streaming for several months. God had provided a way so that when things come, we're prepared. We have an unfair advantage because we can go to the Lord, the creator of the universe. I had a peace about all of it when all that happened. I looked at that moment in time and said, okay, God, since you've got this and you've prepared the way, how are you leading us as a church to become more creative, more innovative, more ways to reach people than we've ever done before? And God had, had really sparked, sparked some things in his people, and we got creative, and we did some things. See, when you pray and you seek God, and he can give you that divine direction, you don't have to go, oh, what are we going to do? We have an unfair advantage against the powers in this world, we can pray to the God of the universe who is all-powerful, almighty, all-knowing, and in full control. He's not limited by the things we're limited by. This God that we pray to, he's got your back. He's in your corner. That's who God is. And so prayer is your unfair advantage. You ever hear of home field advantage? Right? The enemy, our spiritual enemy, the the devil, Satan himself, is called the prince of the power of the air. Have you ever heard that? 
uh, he's sort of um, um, is in some sort of false sense of control of this world here. And he does not have home field advantage. God created this world. We can go to the God that created this world, who knows all the ins and outs of you, knows every hair on your head, who cares about you, who loves you, is for you. We can go to this God and unlock our unfair advantage. <laughs> Life is not fair to your favor. Life isn't fair to your favor. Life isn't fair to your blessing. As a child of God, life is not fair. And you actually benefit from that because you have an unfair advantage. And your heavenly father gives you the unfair advantage because he says, come to me. All you are weary, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. Prayer is an unfair advantage. Here's a great example in Exodus chapter 17, if you want to flip over there. Exodus 17, now Moses has led the Israelites after hundreds of years of slavery, and they're headed toward the promised land. They're in the wilderness area, and they get attacked by this group of people called the Amalekites. It's like they kind of just get hit. They're cruising along, and they just kind of get hit with these people called the Amalekites, and they go down. It's crazy. And Moses gets his best leader, Joshua, and he says, get the army together. And now these aren't like trained uh, military people, right? These guys for generations have lived in slavery. And, and they're not like trained like a formed militia with years of training ready to fight, you know? They, they really don't know what they're doing. But Joshua goes out and he starts leading this army. And they've got to defend themselves against these people called the Amalekites. And so they're out there fighting. And here's what happens. See, Moses goes up on a hill, on the hill, while Joshua's, Joshua's down in the valley and he's fighting. And this is what we see. Moses took the staff called the staff of the Lord. And it represented God's calling and power, not only in Moses' life, but to the people of Israel. And, and he gets this thing and, and he holds it up while they're in the battle. And it says this in Exodus. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the what? Advantage. You see, they had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. So Moses would hold the staff up, and the staff was representing the fact that God was bringing the victory, and God was the only one they needed, and that God was moving. Prayer acknowledges that in our lives. When we pray, God was moving. Prayer says, yep, God is moving. In a similar way, we have the advantage. We, we can go to the Lord in prayer. We lift up our concerns, and as long as we hold our concerns up to the Lord, we have the advantage. We have the advantage. And prayer is how you lean into that advantage. And a study showed that, I looked it up this week, and it's sort of polarizing, actually. A study showed that half of, the peop half of all people say that they pray daily. Half of all people. Another 25% say that they pray, pray weekly or mon monthly. And then another 25% say they don't hardly ever pray at all. And what was interesting as I looked at the study is that as you go younger demographically, more and more people say that they don't pray at all or hardly not at all. In fact, about a third of people under age 30 say that prayer is simply not a part of their life. 
And so for those of you that are trending younger or are younger this morning, some of you think that prayer is just kind of this odd thing that your parents did or, or whatever it is, just kind of maybe even, maybe even a little scary, a little strange. You're not sure what to do with it. I don't know. I want to give you some homework this morning. I want to give you a little encouraging word this morning. There's a, a writer named Anne Lamott, and she wrote this book called Help, Thanks, Wow. Help, Thanks, Wow. Three words. And it's a book on prayer. And she talks about how often when she was um, a seven, year old, seven years old, she was raised by a non-religious family, right? They just weren't people of God. And so she was, was raised by these non-religious folks and had gone over to a friend's house uh, to spend the night. And, and an adult came in and was going to pray before she went to bed. And this was foreign to her. She had no, no background in prayer, no idea what was going on. And and so they prayed this prayer, right? And I know you know what I'm going to pray. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And this little seven-year-old was listening to this prayer for the first time. If I should die before I wake. And she said at seven years old, she remembers thinking like, wait, what? I could die? Like, what? what's going to happen here? She never prayed. She didn't know anything about this. And there was this prayer saying that if I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. She's thinking, God, you leave this soul right here in this 50-pound body. Don't even think about it. I don't want to die. I don't want to lose my soul. Come on. So prayer can seem kind of scary, she was saying. In fact, in Luke chapter 5, the disciples actually say, Hey, Lord, can you teach us how to pray? We did a series on this a, a few months back, a little while back now. And you can go back and listen to it and watch it. Um, but sometimes prayer, you know, can seem a little strange, can seem a little freaky at times. And it's not really an active part of your life. And I want you to see that prayer is just communicating with the God that loves you. You don't have to have all the right words. You don't have to have all the right formulas. You don't have to have this special thing that you say beforehand. You don't have to have all of that. People think if I say a prayer and I don't say the right thing, it's not going to like, it's not going to like failure to launch, you know? Like I'll say something, it's not going to like take hold or I don't, if I don't say the right thing, you know? Your prayer just kind of goes, oh Lord, I pray and you say this thing and then it's thud. You know, it's like that didn't, that probably didn't, God probably didn't hear that because I didn't say the right thing. There's not like this magic formula, though. You don't, have to, you don't have to even pray out loud. God knows your heart. He knows what's going on in your mind. You can pray silently. Oftentimes, I'll pr- pray while driving. I do a lot of driving. I'll pray while I'm walking. Anybody ever go for a walk and just, that's your time of prayer. Now, I'm not necessarily moving my lips when I'm, when I'm walking around. And, you know, I don't want people to think that, I've, think that I've got some major issues going on or something, Right? And let me just say this about Bluetooth technology. You used to be able to tell, I don't know if I should say that, but you know the things that people have in their ears, right? That's like they can take a phone call in their ear. They don't have to hold the phone up. You used to be able to tell the, 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 the different people from the not so different, the, the weirdos, right? You used to be able to tell the weirdos, and now you can't because everyone's just walking and talking. You don't know, hey, maybe they got a Bluetooth thing in. I don't know, but maybe they hear voices too. We don't know. But you don't have to like necessarily go and God, I just pray that if you're not comfortable with that, it doesn't matter. He knows your heart. He knows your thoughts. And just communicating with God, you do it authentically in your own way. But God just desires for us to pray to him. 
And if you have no idea where to start with prayer, Anne Lamott gives this simple little formula in her book, the title of her book, Help, Thanks, Wow. Help, Thanks, Wow. And here's how to break it down. First of all, help. Help. Help is just asking God for help. And you can ask God for help. One might be, one way might be just to go through the Psalms, right? And read some of those Psalms and say, you know what? People were crying out to the Lord. People are, this is how people communicated with God. They, they, re, they read these Psalms and like it'll trigger something in your mind. Yeah. You're like the other day I was looking at Psalm 130 and I stopped at verse 5. Check this out. It struck me that it's just the way that the psalmist put this. And it was in the New Living Translation and he said this. He says, I'm counting on the Lord. Yes, I'm counting on him. I have put my hope in his word. And he said, God, I'm counting on you. And, and, and it almost felt like a fresh way to think about my faith instead of, oh, I'm trusting you, God. It's, God, I'm really counting on you. I'm really counting on you. I'm depending on you. And I kind of just stopped right there and I looked at the words and, you know, look, God, I'm counting on you. There are some things that I'm counting on you, God, I'm depending on you for. I'm counting on you, God, to keep my marriage strong. I'm counting on you, God, to take care of my wife, my family. I'm counting on you, Lord, for my kids to grow and develop, Lord. I'm counting on you to help me be a better father and husband and leader. I'm counting on you, God. I'm depending on you for some things. I'm counting on you, God, to show up in our lives, in our family unit, and and financially, Lord, I'm counting on you. I'm I'm counting on you, God, to take care of our church family at GSN. Every time I pray, I pray for my family, I start with my wife, my kids, and I pray for my extended family, and I pray for all of you. The GSN family, you guys are family. And I read that verse, and and it says that I'm counting on the Lord, I'm counting on you. God, I'm counting on you to move in our church. I'm counting on you, Lord, to protect our church. I'm counting on you, Lord, to keep us humble, to use us, to make us servants, to use for your glory and your name and your fame, God. All the things that we can't see, God, protect us. I'm counting on you. All the things that we're not even aware of. Some things we are, some things we're not. All the things that we cannot see. God, I'm counting on you. Lead us, show us, guide us. I'm counting on you, God. Because if God, if you don't show up, and if you don't move, it's not going to happen, Lord. I'm counting on you. You got to fight this battle. What am I doing? All I'm doing is asking for help. You can ask for help every single day. And you should ask for God's help. Because God has all the power in the universe, and it is your unfair advantage. (laughs) as a person of faith, to come to God and ask for help. The second thing is, so we have help. The second thing besides help is thanks. Just say to God, thank you. Thank you, God, for all you've done in my life. Thanks for what you did yesterday. Thanks for what you're going to do tomorrow. God, I thank you the way you move, the way you work, the way you, the way you, I thank you for my children. I thank you for my family, my relationships. God, I thank you. God, I thank you for for the fact that I'm alive this morning. I thank you, Lord, for the gift of laughter. I thank you, Lord, that I woke up this morning. Thankfulness and gratitude. We're going to have a whole week that we're going to talk about that as a way that we get battle ready. One One of the ways that we get battle ready is we have an attitude of thanks and gratitude. It is huge, but giving thanks is a simple way to pray in our lives. So help, and then thanks, and then finally, wow. Wow. No one quite says the word wow like my friend Dave. 
He says, wow! Right? Maybe it's after a blessing of something simple. Maybe it's after a, a, a good meal that you've had. You know, like, like an amazing meal that you've had with family. And you're sitting there after that meal and you're going, you know what? Wow! God, thank you for all the good things that you provide. God, thank you for the sunsets. Thank you for the mountains. God, thank you for the, 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 thank you for the snow. <laughs> God, wow, thank you. Thank you for the mountains. Thank you, Lord, for that interaction that I had with a loved one that hadn't, I hadn't talked to in years. Thank you, Lord, about, for, for answering this prayer today. Thank you, Lord, for providing. Thank you, Lord. Wow, we just sit there and we go, wow. When we look back at, at what, how God has provided and how he's orchestrated our steps, we look back and we go, thanks, wow. Wow. Try and explain that to, to friends that don't know Christ, right? And they just kind of shake their head like, you're weird. And we go, man, it's, it's a wow moment. It's a wow moment. I talked last week about how when you trust in the Lord, right, with your life, suddenly the coincidences that happen to you on a daily basis sometimes aren't coincidences anymore to you. You can see how God's hand was working. And you see that, and I've seen that in the last couple weeks. I'm driving up the road, and I'm coming up on a couple, I'm on the highway, I'm coming up on an exit. I get a text from someone here at the church. Hey, um, so-and-so uh, has a relative that is passing away in a, in, a, in a nursing home right now alone. Would it be possible that maybe, I, and I know you don't know him or anything, but would it be possible that you could maybe stop by the nursing home and say a few words? I mean, he, we don't think he should just die alone, <laughs> Someone of faith should be there to say a few words. And he's, he's in his last days, for sure. I was passing the exit for the nursing home. I said, I'll be there in 10 minutes. No more coincidences, guys. No more. This is a God thing. I pull off. I have the privilege of praying with a dying man that I do not know. And the family came in and, and we ministered to them. And in that moment... I just thought, wow, wow, I get to be a part of that? Wow. He should not have to die alone. He died that next day. In the wee hours, I think in the morning, I forget what it was, but yeah, he passed away. I had the privilege of doing his memorial service a few days later and connecting with all those people who don't know me from anybody. No more coincidences. Again, I happen to be driving along once again. I'm just driving along, had some stuff to do. I'm cruising up the road. I get a text from another friend of mine. Hey, Pup Steiner is not doing well. Could you please pray? The family's at the house, just the family. I said, would, you like me to, would they like me to stop by? Uh, well, I'll check. Yeah, come. I'll be there in half an hour. Just happened to be on my way. No more coincidences. No more coincidences. God, wow. Wow. How many know that the older you get, the more thankful you are for even the simple things? A good night's sleep, amen. Amen. 
get a good night's rest and you wake up and you go, wow, did I sleep last night? You get up thinking, I can do a jig now because I'm all energized. I slept. Wow. It's a simple way to pray. It's your unfair advantage. Help, thanks. Wow, here's one more thought. How do we do this? What's, what's, our, what's our secret advantage formula? How do we get this to go? In, 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 how do we get this to happen? Like, what is this process? Lift each other up. How do I pray? What do I pray? Start by lifting each other up. When it comes to prayer, when you lift someone up in prayer, God holds them up in battle. When you lift someone up in prayer, God lifts them up and holds them up in the battle. Moses is an example. In Exodus 17, he was holding up the staff, right? A sign of surrender and a prayer to God. And God moves and works and they start to win the battle. And he lowers the staff and they start to lose the battle. And the problem was that Moses couldn't just hold it up. He was just physically, he was tired, he was exhausted. He just couldn't hold it up any longer. He just couldn't do it in his own strength. And so Aaron and her, they come along, two of his buddies, and they realize his arms are literally giving out. They're collapsing. So they find a place for him to sit. And one goes on one side, and one goes on the other side, and they hold his arms up in the air for him. This is what we read in Exodus 17. He says, And then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. They were holding up his hands. See, we do that for one another when we pray. We hold up each other's hands. And so his hands held steady until sunset. And then in 13, as a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. So they won the battle. They achieved the victory. And they achieved it through the power of the presence and the presence of God. And just like we achieve things through prayer and leaning on God. But Moses couldn't do this on his own. He needed others to come alongside and lift up his hands. That's why we pray for each other. That's why we lift one another up. That's why we have moments like this at the altar. We pray for each other here every single week. We all are praying for one another. We get the emails. We get the prayer chains. We get that. That's why we do that here. We always have a time where we need to stop and pray for one another and lift one another up. So that God can raise you up in the battle. We're all human. We can't hold up our hands anymore sometimes. Sometimes we've just lost the strength. We're numb. And we need people to pray for us. Like lifting up our hands in the battle. God will help us fight these battles. And he moves and he works. And he often does it in the Bible in response to prayer. I mean, think about it. Somebody prayed in the the scriptures. Somebody prayed and a wound was healed. Was it the prayer that healed them? Or was it their faith that healed them? Or was it just God sort of working independently? The answer is yes. It was God working through prayer, responding to faith in this mysterious way. We don't know where prayer ends and where God's work begins because prayer is an integral part of God's work. He could do it all on his own. Yes, of course he could. But he wants us to participate in the miracle. And when we pray for one another, that's what we do. We get to be a part of the miracle workings of God. Because we prayed. When you pray, God makes a way. 
Somebody prayed and a need was met. Somebody prayed and a relationship was restored. Somebody prayed and a resource was released. Somebody prayed and a door was opened. Somebody prayed and a heart was changed. Somebody prayed and a family was reunited. All of these things that we hear about, somebody prayed a prayer. And it gave strength and renewal to someone who needed it. Somebody prayed and the lost are found. The wounded are comforted. And the darkness is lifted. Those without direction somehow find direction. And those who are confused find enlightenment. Somebody prayed and the anxious found comfort. The crushed are lifted up. The spiritually dead are raised to new life because somebody prayed. Wow. (laughs) Somebody prayed. God could do it on his own. But he allows us to be part of the miracle. And when you pray, God makes a way. You don't know how your prayer is going to affect that one that you've prayed for. You don't know. Part of my testimony is, and just part of it, is that I had a mother, probably watching, I had a mother that was praying for me. And there were things that happened in my life where people would look at me, and many, many of you might have this person in your life that say, yeah, God, I know you can do miracles, but no way can you reach him. No way. Not a chance. But my mom never stopped praying. And it just so happened that my path intersected a path of a Christian who shared the Lord with me. And yada, 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 here I am today. Because, now was it that person who had the courage to not back down, to be, to be forceful with me and say, you know what? I don't really care what your past says about you. I don't really care what you say about God. I know that I know that I know that God wants you to be saved. Or was it that person who had the courage or was it the prayer that never stopped? Or was it God working on his own? It was all three. It was all of it. But because somebody prayed, You never know. Don't stop praying. Parents, don't stop praying for your children. Don't stop praying for your family members who are lost. Don't stop praying for those that are confused. Pray for a straight path directly to the Lord. Put people in their midst. Don't stop praying. God will make a way when you pray. Amen? One way we can be battle ready is committing to prayer. Amen. Let us stand. We'll close with, well, a prayer. (laughs) But I pray in the next few weeks, and this week included, that, that God would stir something inside of you that you would realize that you can be prepared for the battle that comes in life. You can be prepared for these battles. You can be battle ready. He gives us these tools and and this prayer thing is an unfair advantage. Just one unfair advantage that he gives us is this vehicle called prayer. And if we go to him in prayer, we can see things change and work in tandem with his plan and the miracle and whatever happens and all those things tie together and we say, wow! God, would you help me? Yes, I'll help you. Thank you, Lord. And then we say, wow. Say, wow. If you would bow your heads, we'll close with this word of prayer. And 
Thank you for joining us here this morning and joining us online. And I, I pray that in the next few weeks that God really stirs something in your soul, that you would have open hearts and open minds to receive what he has for you to be battle ready. Because I know some of you feel like you're in a fight. And sometimes the fight comes to your door and you have to be battle ready. So what do you do? Well, we'll learn this week that we can pray. And it's not just words. It's not just things that we say just to think, calm us ourselves down. These are actual prayers that reach heaven and God hears you and acts and changes things on your behalf. Maybe he changes you. So as we bow our heads this morning and close with a word of prayer, it's a time of reflection as well. As we say every week, you know, you ask the Holy Spirit right now, in this time of prayer. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? How do you want to move in my life? What are you saying, Holy Spirit? I know some words came from the pulpit and I heard those words, but God, Holy Spirit, how are you translating these words? And what do you have for me? And and how can I change? And how can I grow because of what I've heard from your word this morning? And so as we pray, seek the Lord, seek the Holy Spirit in all of that. Let's pray together. Father God, in your presence, your undeniable presence this morning, God, you are working in this place. God, from the moment the doors opened and your people started gathering, Lord, you were up to something in this place. You were up to something in this service, not only here in this building, but God, you're reaching people that we may never know. And God, however we can come to you, we come to you. And we come, Lord, with open hearts, a bowed knee, in humble adoration for the God of the universe that hears our prayers. God, I thank you that you've given us this unfair advantage. God, that your people would use this unfair advantage in prayer. And that your people, Lord, would begin a prayer life if they haven't had one or Lord would ramp up their prayer, their prayer life at every opportunity they have I know Lord there are a bunch of prayer warriors in this church God people that, that in an instant when they hear of something they say let's pray I thank you for those people help us Lord to be those people Help us to be so confident, Lord, that you hear our prayer and that you interact with your people through prayer and that you make us battle ready through this thing called prayer, God. Help us to be so confident that when someone says, hey, uh, I'm going through this thing, or maybe they don't even say a word, you just see it on their face and they come in and they just don't look right. They say, hey, you, you would say, hey, let me pray for you. I don't need to know what's going on. I don't need to know your, what your battle is. God knows, but let me pray for you so that he can lift you up in the battle. Help us to be that person who our first instinct, our first go-to is prayer. Help us, Lord, that, that, that our first go-to is not to, to pry or to get the words so that we can tell other people. Or, Lord, help us, Lord, in our, in our humanness 
Help us, Lord, that, that our, first, our, first, uh, our first desire is not just so we can talk about it, so we can post it, so we can gossip about it to so-and-so and to fill the ears of so-and-so because we got this knowledge. Help us, Lord, to squash that in our lives and help us, Lord, to say, how can I pray for you? Because, Lord, when we do that through prayer, it humbles us. It changes our hearts. God, it's hard. It's hard to argue or stay mad at somebody you're praying for. So God, if there's anything between me and my brothers, me and my sisters, anything between me and anyone else, Lord, and I'm not just mean me, I mean y'all. If there's any if there's anything between any of us, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would bring that to our attention and that we would begin to pray for that person. Cuz Lord, it's hard to hold a grudge against someone you're praying for sincerely. Humble us, Lord, in your presence, and we will pray. Jesus, you said your house will be called a house of prayer. So, Lord, let us at every opportunity pray to you, pray for this church, pray for one another, pray for families, pray for the mission of this church, pray for the mission of the Pittsburgh district and the whole church of the Nazarene and and churches that spread the gospel throughout all this land. Help us to remember to pray, Lord, for all of it, that your kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we thank you in advance for what you're about to do. I thank you, Lord, for this word and this series, and I hope and pray that it changes lives, including my own. Open the eyes of our hearts, Lord, that we might see what you're up to. We might see what you're trying to accomplish in our lives, in our family, in our church. And God, we will do everything, everything short of sin to reach the lost from this place. Help us, Lord, to find new ways and new avenues to minister to people. Give that burning desire in people's hearts as they pray and seek you what you would have for them in their lives. Open doors, Lord, where doors have been closed. Set the captives free, Lord, because people have prayed and you've set it on their hearts. Thank you, Jesus, for everything you're about to do in our midst. Everything that you've done in this place and in our midst this morning, Lord, we give you all the praise and all the glory. And everybody said amen and amen. God bless you all. Thanks for coming this morning. And we will uh, see you all here again next week. Thanks for joining us online as well. Amen.